Welcome to the CMS Real Deal podcast, where we take a step back from the legal nitty-gritty and provide insight into issues affecting the property industry. I am Danny Drummond-Bressington, and today I'm joined by Jeff Smith, real estate partner in our Dubai office, and Paul Silver, partner in our technology team. Welcome. Thank you, Jeff and Paul are here to discuss the blockchain and whether it has a role to play in the property industry. We all read about the blockchain and we all nod as if we understand what it is. So on behalf of all of those people out there who are too afraid to ask, Paul, what is the blockchain? Hi, Danny. That's a really, really good question. Um, In really simple terms, what the blockchain is, is an electronic record of uh, data, be it in a real estate context uh, transactions, that is a distributed ledger, which means it is shared between more than one location. So the best way I can um, describe it is to say that in terms of ownership, imagine if you were swapping your house for somebody's uh, watch uh, and you did it on a stage in front of a thousand people and you said, here's my watch and the other person said, thank you, here are the keys to my house and a thousand people saw this transaction and all thousand people can therefore verify that uh, this transaction has taken place. So it's very secure. In the actual context of blockchain, uh, instead of a thousand people, it can be a million or more computers. And each uh, computer has the same uh, ledger, uh, the same record of the transactions, and therefore it is extremely secure because it is, uh, there's no one single point of failure. Uh, each record is encrypted and the records can be added to in a very clear manner over time. So, for example, um, a title record for a property can, could be used for a blockchain whereby every purchaser would be added to the blockchain as time went forth. And this could be shared between uh, many, many computers around the world, meaning you have an extremely secure, no single source of failure, very clear record of the title to a property over a period of time. So when you say no single source of failure, what you're saying there is instead of me transacting with party B, I'm party A, and there's effectively two copies of the documents, that is then on the blockchain, it's replicated on however many computers there are so that if there is an error, it's an error on a thousand computers. So everybody says, well, that's exactly what it is. Nobody could have changed that document on just one computer because that would be replicated over a thousand. Exactly yeah, right. Right, okay. So in the, con- <laughs> in the context of the, um, of the metaphor, if it would be the same as say if one person said, well, I don't think that he swapped the, uh, the house for the Rolex, uh, 999 people would say, no, that's not the correct source of data. The correct source of data is that he did. Um, I should, but this is happening in real time electronically with millions of computers. So basically what it means is whatever the record would be, we can talk about it being a title document for our current our source of context. Um, it is a very secure record of, of a transaction. And can it be hacked? Uh, in theory, everything could be hacked. Um, but what makes this so secure is um, each individual record, so each, each record, if you like, in each uh, single computer is, is encrypted. And getting slightly into the, tech, the technology of it for a second, um, what happens is when a new record is added, so when a new so the property is bought and sold and it becomes a new block in the chain, if you like, a new record of, mm-hmm. of uh, data, um, 
it is uh, it is encrypted and is encrypted in a way using a crypto key, which which um, stores the key for the previous record. So each record, each each individual trail, if you like, is very secure in itself. Plus, then you get the distributed ledger element, which is the fact that it's not stored in on a single computer, which could be hacked. It's distributed on different computers, which different um, organizations and individuals own. So you would have to effectively hack them all, yeah. ultimately. And hack them all at the same time. Correct. Because it's moving so quickly. Exactly. So I take from that that the blockchain is public. Is there a private blockchain or could blockchain be private for a private transaction or is it all going to be public? Um, it's public to a point. So it's called, it is called a public distributed ledger um, and it's mainly predominantly used for um, transactions uh, such as it was invented predominantly to be used with Bitcoin, which mm-hmm. obviously is a cryptocurrency. In, in that context or in a land transaction context, you're actually effectively wanting people to be able to see it being public, that's what makes it secure. Um, but there's no reason why in a context you couldn't have each uh, each of the records uh, secured in some particular manner. But generally the technology has been designed um, with it being a, a sort of a trust and therefore public facing technology. But you could, but in theory, yes, you could secure it. Thanks, and I'm starting to get it. <laughs> I have to say, I'm one Glad of you are. <laughs> Uh, now, so I am one of those people that I work with paper deeds, <laughs> and so this is sort of brand new, um, brand new te- territory for me. Um, so in March of this year, we had the first real estate transaction that was was on the blockchain up to a point because um, blockchain can be used, as I understand it, for the the contract, but you still can't register it via the blockchain. We haven't got that far. And I know Dubai, where you're based, is investigating its use. The Swedish Land Registry has been piloting a scheme um, where they're reporting some positive feedback. How could it be used in real estate, Jeff? What do you see? Okay, so, yes, you're right. So the the vision for Dubai is to be smart Dubai, and it's got a vision for 2020. The government is all over it, and they're piloting the scheme to try and put the entire land department onto the blockchain. That's going to take a lot of work, but in theory everybody's still looking at concluding contracts behind the scenes using blockchain and then as you say the the first property was bought and sold using blockchain in March of this year. The contracts were concluded using blockchain but the actual final step of the land registry still had to be done manually because as far as I understand the land registry in in the UK and indeed the land department in Dubai have still not got the technology in order to do that final step Mm -hmm. in the transaction but once that does happen, in theory, you don't have to be in the room to actually complete the transaction. You could be in Singapore, I could be in the, in the UK. We each have the, the tokens necessary to complete the transaction, and wherever we're based, we then do the transaction that way. So people talk about it, um, the, the reality of blockchain making transactions faster and cheaper. How, how's that so? Because it's instantaneous on the internet, essentially. Yeah. Um, a lot of, especially in the Middle East, a lot of time is wasted through doing transactions in front of people. You need, as you said, you work in a paper world. Real estate is predominantly paper world. Um, so we have to stand in front of someone, they check it, it takes a lot of time. If we're doing all this behind the scenes, wherever we're based in the world, if we have the, the keys and the tokens to unlock the transaction, that will save a lot of time. We're doing it electronically, it's instantaneous, and that helps to to increase the time efficiencies for a transaction. So when you are doing a real estate transaction on the blockchain, do you have to use a cryptocurrency or? No, you, you can still use uh, 
the traditional methods of sterling or dollars, wherever it might be. Um, the, the cryptocurrency, everybody is on that bandwagon as well, with Bitcoin I think jumping to $20,000 in, in January of this year. Mm -hmm. I checked early today, it's down to $8,500, so um, it's gone quiet um, for a while. Mm -hmm. Everybody was jumping on that bandwagon in Dubai. We were involved in a transaction where it, properties were actually marketed to be sold using Bitcoin. If you actually drill into it, it wasn't using Bitcoin itself because that's not a, a legitimate currency recognised by the UAE central bank just now. But essentially what it was doing, it was a very clever marketing gimmick. So when people held Bitcoin, they actually converted it into US dollars or sterling and then used that to purchase the property. So the next step would be for the legalisation of, of Bitcoin or whatever else it might be in terms of cryptocurrency. And that can be the final stage in the, the sale and purchase transaction. Or a leasing transaction it doesn't have to be. And how are you? How can you? Presumably, then you have to factor in fluctuations because you you just said yourself, you know, Bitcoin as one of the most famous cryptocurrencies has seen massive fluctuations. It started at one thousand unit at the beginning of twenty seventeen, as you said, mm. up at twenty grand. God, if you had them, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but you, how do you how do you get that into a real estate transaction if you're from day to day the the well, I think, I think if you forget the, the fluctuations in Bitcoin and if you have your, your sort of standard sale and purchase agreement and it's agreed price is one Bitcoin. Now, there's a risk there for the purchaser or the seller. The seller could make a lot of money. The seller could lose a lot of money, uh, depending on the, on the value fluctuation. But again, because it's so volatile, that's why the central banks are not looking at it as closely as maybe they will in the future. Um, but I don't think there's any reason why you can't put into a, a contract say that the price will be X Bitcoin. I think that like the, the usage of blockchain technology, which which obviously does underpin the cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, yeah. which is the most famous, um, is has huge utility in the real estate um, sector, whether or not traditional currencies or cryptocurrencies are used. And um, building on what Jeff said, another huge advantage in terms of the speed of a potential transaction um, is again that element of the trust. So simply put, when you're doing a, a real estate uh, purchase or sale at the moment, um, you have to do a lot of traditional due diligence to establish that obviously the title is, is pure and, and so forth. And that obviously, as, uh, as you know, can take a long time. If you have a, um, a, a block uh, chain system where you're very comfortable and you can get the regulator comfortable that, that it is actually the single source of truth effectively, even though the, the way the technology works is obviously that's spread everywhere. Um, then obviously, uh, in, in theory, the, this, the time to market for a transaction can be dramatically increased because rather than having to start a traditional due diligence process, effectively you can be almost instantaneously uh, happy that the title, for example, is, is, is perfect based on the record. So what you're saying there is that because you would have one, you take this building that we're in, mm -hmm. in on Cannon Street in London, there would be one blockchain that dealt with this building and would show everything from the construction documents, presumably, mm -hmm. to the sale of um, the freehold title, every tenant that's come in, every tenant that's gone out, every tenant that's done alterations, and it's all in one place, in effectively a public domain, gone as that yep. dusty um, deed packet. So you're, you just literally log into the relevant blockchain and see where it is. And you have it all there, exactly. And it's all, all, the, and all the history, and of course over so you can imagine over time, um, th this will become uh, extremely valuable and very, very quick. Mm -hmm. And um, the, um, the, the regulator here is, is, is saying that um, 
obviously they, they foresee it, it's, it's inevitable. Um, I believe they're doing a trial, they've created like a digital street, I think, to, to test it. Um, but obviously they're saying that be, uh, the, um, the 150 years or so of, of pre-existing records will take a little bit of time to adjust. But, but this, this technology, I think everyone agrees, is, um, is probably very good because it, it speeds up the transaction time. The trust will be higher once it's established. And like Jeff said, you can, in theory, get to the point, at least on more simple transactions, like potentially definitely residential uh, real estate yeah. transactions, you could, in essence, almost um, be, be just dealing with a, a shopping cart online where you're, you're so I want to buy the house and you agree the currency exchange and you can just click it through because you're so confident that the title is, is perfect of what you're getting. And then obviously, like Jeff said, it would then back end and register with the relevant land registry. So it could all be done automatically, very quickly with smart contracting um, in a very secure manner. I think the point Paul makes is it's valid and you can have very, very simple transactions. So if we take a residential lease transaction, for example, um, a lot of time can be wasted having to register that, waiting in a queue at a government registry to do that. Um, but if you have the smart technology, you can complete it wherever you are in the world, especially in the Middle East. A lot of people travel, uh, people are not in, in the country, especially landlords. They can do that and complete the contract wherever they are in the world, and then you move on. And even the tenants can make payments online mm. through the blockchain using a cryptocurrency or using any other, other form of traditional currency. Um, so I would say that's from a very, very simplistic transaction. You've then got more complicated transactions, which again could still benefit from the use of blockchain and cryptocurrency. So there's presumably going to need to be some flexibility in our law because at the moment we still need wet, signet, wet, wet, ink, sig, wet ink signatures, apologies, on documents. Mm. Um, and you know, there is a, a wider piece going on at the moment looking at the the need for wet ink signatures in real estate and this modern world and you know, the Law Commission is looking at it more generally. You're talking about the landlord and tenant scenario in this payment of rents, I've heard people say it's the end of managing agents and property property agents. Is that just hype? I, I think that's hype to a certain extent because you still can't run a building through blockchain. You know, you still you need the human element. You need the human element in order to to manage to to fix things, etc. Um, in terms of arranging the contracts, the managing agents' work might be lifted quite heavily, but I still think you need that human element in order to to operate and manage a building. And similarly, I think um, with uh, obviously we use the you know the more simple example of a real estate um, residential purchase, but for more complicated um, commercial real estate transactions like the purchase of this building, as you said, you, you'll still be needing sophisticated advisors. It's just that you'll be having them more directed at the, for example, in a legal context, looking at the legal issues rather than trying to find the dusty pieces of paper that you spoke about. Yeah. Um, so it'll, it'll just make the process more efficient for everybody. Yeah, no, I can see that. Um, I'm quite glad not to have dusty <laughs> deeds around my uh, around my desk. Um, where do you see this going? What's the future looking like? Are you going to be able to get the land registry on board? Have we got too much red tape to, to get over? I don't know both either of your I, thoughts. I think at the moment you're, you're talking about hype. There is a lot of hype about it because people have a lot of wonderful ideas, but then they don't know how to implement those ideas. So... A lot of it is hype, but based on really fantastic ideas. And I think with governments looking to actually, you know, looking to implement this in a proper way, I don't think it's that far away. I think we're maybe looking at two to three years, um, maybe even quicker. But it is the future, I think. And 
as we were saying earlier, you can go from very, very simple transactions to even more complicated transactions. And it's the complicated transactions which will actually bring the man in the street into more complicated transactions, which doing the old way, they wouldn't be able to, to, to be involved because they would be precluded by price or other factors as well. But I think revolutionising uh, the system through blockchain or cryptocurrencies uh, will provide a lot more opportunities to, to everybody else. And Paul, what do you think? I think I agree. I think it comes down to, uh, to two things, which is uh, trust and technology. And on the trust side, I think you need... Um, it's, it's a little bit like when people were first using their credit cards online in 96 and 98. Um, it, you, you know, there's only been one or two of these transactions done. So, um, so there's some um, markets like the Ukraine and so forth where they're trying to attract investment and they're going to be forerunners. What we really need is, is uh, for the technology to be a little bit more trusted and to particularly, I think, to, um, to be, have the buy-in of the relevant land registries, etc. And once you have that, I think everyone agrees that it will be a very good thing. On the technology side, there's obviously, that is actually storing all those files I spoke about has a, a uh, technology overhead. Uh, yeah. there's, a, there's a cost element to that and a size, and there's something that um, Bitcoin at one point was struggling with just because the size of the files were becoming so big. So the technology probably needs to become just a little bit more efficient as well. But um, yeah, depending on the speed of the registries, a time period of sort of definitely within in, in sort of three to five years, I think, is possible. Oh, I really like your trust point because I think you're absolutely right. I, you know, I remember the first few times I was doing my credit card and now it's I do everything. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. We've, we've got to dip our toe in that water, don't we? Do these transactions, people see how easy it is and then the world will be a it'll different It'll become place. second nature. It will. Yeah. In three to five years it'll become second nature. And I think the, the um, land registries and, and relevant regulators um, know this and I think they, it'll be, they'll really like it because it'll be very secure for them as well. Um, but obviously there's, there is a bit of an overhead in, um, in yeah. setting it up. Oh, well, thank you both for a really fascinating debate. Um, I found it interesting, as I said. I'm starting to understand what the blockchain is, and I hope that everybody else that's listening does as well. So thank you for your time, and it's been great that you could join us. Thanks for having me.